scripture today and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And we're going to read a portion of scripture there, and um, we're going to go from there. I've been given the responsibility this morning to be able to preach to you one of my favorite Pastor Steve messages um, that I've sat in under. And we sat under a lot of great teachings, but this was the one that I believe totally changed my life. And Luke chapter 1, and you can go to chapter 13, and then I'll share a little bit with you um, some personal testimony here this morning. I'm sure it's going to come out as well. But I, as you turn there, I just want to thank Pastor Stevan and Sister Chella and the entire staff and team here for giving me this opportunity, privilege to be able to speak with you here today. Um, and I feel, whenever I come back to the church here in Hayward, I feel so, so, uh, I feel so like there's an emotional thing that takes place in me, um, uh, joyful emotion, because this is where God did it for me. This church um, is where I got my life back. This church is where my mom got her son back. This church is where my daughter got her daddy back. This church is where I dedicated my daughter. This church is where my best friend served the Lord with me. This church is where a couple named Steve and Josie Pineda believed in me. This was a place, um, you know. Um, so, again, I'll try to maintain my emotions, but... Uh, how do you know you're one of Steve's guys? Because you cry. So um, he said one time um, that he would raise up, he raises up crybabies sometimes. So, Anyways, Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Are you there? The Bible says, but the angel said to him, talking to Zechariah, he said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many, somebody say many, will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Let's say that together today. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Of the Lord. Let's try it again. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Father, I pray you bless your word, God. Help me to communicate it, God, uh, as simply, as relevant, and as powerful, and with your anointing behind it, God, that would land on the hearts of your people this morning, Father God. That would land on the heart of the heart today, God. And I pray this morning, Father, that you would have your way. We thank you and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, Amen. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. The title of my message today is called Great in the Sight of the Lord. This was a message that we sat under for many years. It was messages like you're hearing this month that many of us pastors sat under weekly listening to Pastor Steve and many of the ministers pour out upon our lives. It was messages like this that I'm going to preach to you here today that totally 
transformed my life. Simple words, powerful preachings, awesome altar calls that we were there with, and somehow, some way, God was able to raise up pastors. He was able to raise up couples. He was ra- able to raise up men and women that were able to answer the call, not only locally here in the city of Hayward, but then also be able to feel the call of God upon their life to then go out and pastor and minister churches, not only here in the Bay Area, but also all around the world. And so I find it, again, a privilege to be able to minister to you this message here today titled, Great in the Sight of the Lord. Because, you see, for many of us, when we hear that title, Great in the Sight of the Lord, it's attracting to us. It's something that kind of grabs our heart. It stirs our emotion, and it gets our thoughts, and it consumes us. And I would dare say all of us from the front row to the back row today would simply say, yes, I want to be great in the sight of the Lord. Just tell me what I need to do to be great in the sight of the Lord. Whatever it is, sign me up. Whatever it takes, sign me up. Whatever that means, sign me up. But when we begin to look and see what that truly, truly means behind, you know, uh, between the lines and also behind the curtain, if you will, we simply see that being great in the sight of the Lord is more than just something that's going to stir our emotions. It's going to be something more than just meets the ear. It's going to be something more than just gets our goosebumps going. Come on, somebody. Come on, are you alive this morning? But it is something, my friend, that takes hard work. It's something that takes commitment. Can I hear somebody say commitment? It's something that is going to take us rolling up our sleeves and really, really challenging ourselves to be great in the sight of the Lord. See, most parents, and we have a lot of parents here today, want their kids to be great in the sight of the Lord. Most of us want our kids to have better than we had. Come on, somebody. When we think of being saved and receiving Christ and, and coming to the church now, one of the great things that happens to us is we begin to see that now my kids don't have to go through what I went through. Come on now. Now my children don't have to go through the drama that I went through. Now my kids don't have to go through all the things and all the mistakes that I made because I'm raising them now in the house of God. Can I hear somebody say amen? Most of us want the best for our kids. I thank God for my daughter. Come on, somebody. When I came to Victory Outreach Hayward 15 years ago, my daughter was four years old. Come on now. Ooh, Jesus. The good old days. When just buying her a Happy Meal after church was such a great big deal. The $2.99 Happy Meal. Come on, somebody. You could be broke as broke but still have money for a Happy Meal, man. The good old days. But then something begins to happen. They get older. And those happy meals become sad meals for us because they're far and few in between. See, we all want our children to have a better life than we did and when we were growing up. That's what we want for them. But to be great in the sight of the Lord, but to really, really... You know, be great is what we want, but when you look at John the Baptist's life, it was more to it than just being great in the sight of the Lord. See, it was foretold to Zechariah that his son would be great in the sight of the Lord. 
Once you continue to read on about John the Baptist, most parents would simply want to pass on a son like this. We would simply say, listen, I want him to be great, but I don't want him to have to live a life like I lived. I don't want them to have to sacrifice like I've sacrificed. We want our kids to just have the good parts without the hard work. See, but if we want them to be great in the sight of the Lord, you and I need to understand that they're going to have to go through their own process too. See, I want my daughter, and she has been able to be blessed because I'm blessed. Come on now. The first time my daughter came to visit me when I was in the men's home, we were on Birch Street. Remember Birch Street? Many of you, how many remember Birch Street? Right? Come on, somebody. That's where I got saved. Birch Street, man. And they would have the home go upstairs. They had an upper upper level, and we would have our lunches there. And uh, we were up there visiting, and she was over there playing the piano and stuff, four years old. And um, I went over there to talk to her because somebody had told me, you need to tell your daughter kind of where you're at. And I know she's only four years old. Mr. Wiseman told me. Remember, me, me and Toby were in the home together. And uh, he said, you should probably go tell your daughter, like, that you're in some kind of home-ish thing. Kind of, sort of, if you will. And, uh, you know, because she's four years old, but she'll understand. So, you know, I prayed about it, and I went and sat by the piano with her and, you know, told her, uh, you know, Marissa, um, just in case you're wondering, uh, in a few hours you're going to have to leave, and I'm going to have to stay. Um, but I can assure you that um, where I'm staying and where I'm at is going to make me a better dad. It's going to make me a better person. Uh, I'm going to come out of this place, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you like I should be there for you. And this four-year-old little girl playing the piano looked at me, and she goes, Yeah, Daddy, because you're a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wiseman didn't prepare me for that answer. But you see, it, it's, it's, it's in times like that where we want the best for our kids, but as parents we need to understand if we want them to be great in the sight of the Lord, there is going to have to be a time when us as parents are going to release them to be great in the sight of the Lord. See, because to be great in the sight of the Lord, like John the Baptist, John the Baptist lived the life of a lot of nevers, a lot of can't-dos. A lot of uh, no-nos. My daughter once asked me when she was 13, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but it's okay this morning. When when she was 13, why can't I have a boyfriend? And they don't settle for that just because I said so answer. Because I said so. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, was her answer. But you have to explain to them that, girl, when you learn to clean your bedroom... Right? And thank God I had Brenda was a part of her life and, and telling her, women of God that were in her life at, at that time, you know, to tell her, you know, when you learn to do these things, then maybe perhaps you can have a boyfriend. But I already knew the answer was no. <laughs> see, because growing up, see, um, our kids, when they grow up in the church, they feel like they're losing a lot out of the world. Because the world is constantly tugging at them. The world is constantly wanting their attention. The world is constantly promising them things that they can't have. But if we want them to be great in the sight of the Lord, I'm here to tell you this morning that we need to have our kids in the house of God. I tell my church this all the time. If you have small kids, you need to get them to church now. 
Because when they become teenagers, they're not going to want to come to church. And then many times we don't have the answers for them. You see, as parents, we need to understand that it is important. If we want our kids to be great in the sight of the Lord, then we need to be able to let them and give them an example how to be great in the sight of the Lord. See, because as a single father raising up my daughter, I then not only had to tell her she couldn't have a boyfriend, but at the same time, I had a model to her what it would be like to be somebody growing up in the ministry or going through the ministry or living a life that, that she would be proud of, you see. I had to be a good example to her, is what I'm saying. You see, I could not tell her to do something and then I was not doing it myself. Could you imagine that? She would never be in church today. Come on, somebody. 19 years old, serving God with all of her heart, a UTC alumni. Come on now. If it was not modeled to her. See, us as parents, we want our children to be good and to great. Can I hear somebody say amen? But we would all draw the line at locusts and honey. We would all simply say, okay, I want them to be great, but I don't know about eating locusts and honey all the time. I want my kid to be great, but I don't know about this. See, I want my daughter and I want my son to be great in the sight of the Lord, but it's okay to let them do this every once in a while. See, but to be great in the sight of the Lord, my friend, was what John the Baptist was. You see, and he stuck to it. You see, to be great in the sight of the Lord, for us, we simply have to understand that if we want that title, we're going to have to pay a price for it. What did Pastor teach us, man? He taught us every, anything of value, you're going to have to pay a price for it. Come on, somebody. You want your family back? Guess what? You're going to have to pay a price for it. You want your children back? Guess what? You're going to have to pay a price for it. You want your life back? Guess what? You're going to have to pay a price for it. See, and he taught us that. And not only did Pastor Steve taught us that, but he modeled that for us, man. Week in and week out. I'm going to tell you right now, man, if there was ever a man that God used to change my life, it was Pastor Steve Pineda, man. I mean, he modeled it. I'm going to tell you right now, I was with him a lot during those six or seven years of, of, of my salvation. And he loved to shop. Come on, somebody. And I love to go shopping with him. One of my favorite times is when he would be out, like, preaching sometimes, because he became, God raised him up to be an elder, and he would be out a lot preaching. But when he would be out preaching, he would come back with a check. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And he would come in, and, and Monday morning, he would be there on Mondays, and he would be in the office, and I would hear him come in. And he would go, is Anthony here? Yeah, I would get all happy. I was like, yes, he's here. Because I knew that he had cashed his check. Come on, somebody, from the love offering. And according to him, when he became an elder, those offerings went up. Come on now. I'm just saying. It was great hanging out with him. So we would be there, and he would, he would first stop, it would be Jack in the Box. My first Jack in the Box ride with him was, you know, I went riding along with them, and we took the, I thought it was a long road, but he knew what he was doing, and he went by the Glad Tidings Church, 
and he was cruising by there. I even went through the parking lot once, and I thought we were going to talk to Macklin. I was like, I thought I was cool. <laughs> and he came out of the parking lot, and he started heading back towards Jack in the Box. And then he tells me, do you have any flyers on you? And I was like, man, after that, I always had flyers. But he got me. And I go, no, Pastor, I don't have any flyers. He goes, okay, here, here, take mine. Gave me his flyers, and he goes, now hand all these out right here in these apartments. And then meet me at Jack in the Box. In other words, if you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, go hand out these flyers. And I was like, like in my mind, I was like, all of them, like kind of, you know. Because in my mind, I was thinking, he's going to order real quick, and then the food comes. I don't want it to get cold. I don't want to be rude. So do I really need to hand all these things out? But he might find out. I don't know if he's going to come back and look. Because he would come back and look. That's the whole thing. Right, somebody come back and look. Oh, I noticed you didn't do the polls. So I was a good soldier, man. I wanted to be great in the sight of the Lord. So I handed all the flyers and like booked it to like Jack in a Box real quick. Went up there and kind of got to where he was at. He was in his little booth and he was reading the paper. And uh, my first time with him was kind of nerve wracking, you know, because it's like you don't know what to say to the pastor. You're fresh out of the home. You're kind of like in the office. You don't know. Sitting there and um, silence. And he's like, that's for you, that's for you, and then we're going to share these fries. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and we're there. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. He was reading the paper, reading the sports, and we're kind of after that, you know, trying to be great in the sight of the Lord, but first trying to be great in the sight of my pastor. Just, And then we go shopping, and then he would do this. Everything that man bought was never for himself. Everything he bought was always for the men's home, right, for Valentina, um, the church, and then he always wanted to bring Sister Josie back to look at the jewelry, but she would never come to the thrift store. <laughs> How do I know that? How do I know that? Because every time we left the thrift store, he would say, we got to get Josie to come back and look at this. And then we'd walk out. And I could play it in my mind, like every time we left, I like, he's going to say it. And every time, we got to get Josie to come back. We got to get Josie. And I thought, she's never coming back, Pastor. She's never going <laughs> to. If you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, my friend, in other words, you better be ready. Come on, Victory Outreach, you have to be ready. It's not going to, greatness is not going to just land on your lap. Come on, somebody. Greatness is not going to just be given to you. Greatness has to be earned. Greatness has to be worked for. Greatness has to be, has to be done in unity. Come on, this church, man, my friend, this Victory Outreach needs this church. There are great churches in Victory Outreach, but this church in Hayward, my friend, is a legacy church. It's a church that cannot be forgotten. I'm not here to try to stir you up today. I'm not here. To, I'm just here to tell you a fact. That Victory Out, Outreach International needs this church. Why? Because this is a launching church. This is a sending church. This is a restoration church. This is a church where men and women got their lives together. Come on. Is there anybody in here that got your life together because of Victory Outreach Hayward? Come on. Is there anybody in here that you are welcomed? 
with open arms when you didn't have your life together because of Victory Outreach. Come on now. Is there anybody in here that got your family back because of Victory Outreach? Come on, is there anybody in here that you got your mind back? I mean, come on, somebody. To be great in the sight of the Lord is what this church is, is what I'm trying to tell you today. Don't lose sight of that. Do not lose sight of that today. Remember the former days. Get back to our first love, if you will. This church, what is this church known for? Evangelism. I'm going to tell you right now, when we were in the darkest hours of my life, there was a team that would go out to Fremont, and they would witness and minister. They even had shotgun in Fremont one time. We were afraid to go in, so we hung out at Chubby Burgers. It rained that day. We were trying to check out all the girls as they drove out, but... Whatevs, baby. It was raining. Right? But this church is what I'm trying to tell you guys is, 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 is great in the sight of the Lord. See, it's not so much, Pastor raised us up, not so much to be great in the sight of man. He never taught us that. He would often teach us be the phantom giver. Be the phantom server. He often sent us down Tennyson Road, and what was that? What was the road the church was on? Schaefer, or what was the long one? Huntwood. And he would often tell us, go get some bags that he bought out of his own money. But he would buy them from, what's that store? It'll come to me right now. It's right, oh no. God, big lots, come on somebody. We were there a lot. And he would send the men's home down Huntwood. And he would say, just go and clean up all the mess there, and then don't leave the garbage bags there, but bring them back. And then dump them here, and don't tell anybody. Ooh, it's all right. And he would often tell us, don't tell anybody. It's okay. Can, can curb? And I'm right here still. But he often taught us that. See, he taught us, and that's what this church, my friend, is great in the sight of the Lord. Thank you. Sometimes when you get to me, my knee, you don't want to bend over. <laughs> he taught us that too. He taught us how to fellowship. <laughs> he taught us how to, don't always bend down, pick out your moments. See, but many people, my friend, want to be great in the sight of man. And they do whatever they have to do to be great in the sight of people. And, and, they, and, they, and they forget. See, we can't forget this morning that it's important for you and I to be great in the sight of the Lord. See, we wouldn't mind, you know, sometimes if we got little notoriety even here on earth. Or would you mind if you had to leave and lead a secluded little life, if you will. Uh, 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 an insignificant little life according to man, uh, 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 a life of non-notoriety or just a little, you know, out in the wilderness, if you will. Would you be satisfied this morning? Or do you have to have the limelight? Or do you have to have your name in headlines this morning? See, the only reason God has opened up the door for this church to do a movie 
Like, are you kidding me? I'm still trying to put together a skit at my church. Like, we are horrible at skits. Like, for New Year's, they're doing skits. I go, oh, my God. Like, like who even let skits in this thing? Like, oh, my God. Like, let's just stick to music, guys. Let's stick to it. But you know how and why God is going to open up that door? Why? Because you're going to be great in the sight of the Lord, right? And then you don't care who gets the glory. You see, you don't care who gets the notoriety for it. As long as the, the gospel is out there. As long as somebody in San Quentin may receive a DVD someday and get saved for it. As long as some little drug addict around the Bay Area somehow, way ends up with a CD from the Red Box. And it doesn't matter who gave it to him. How, as a matter of fact, it's free. See, those are the attitudes that we got to continue to have. And that's what this church is known for. That's the DNA of this church. It's to be great in the sight of the Lord. It's to be great in His sight, not man's sight. It's to put away our own agenda, my friend. For, the, for what? Pastor Steve, you teach us what? For the furtherance of the gospel. I mean, I have never, never, never known, my friend, him to ever, ever, ever put his name in front of anything. But it was only him concerned about souls. See, we need to understand that here today. See, when we examine some of the limits that were on John, John had boundaries, he had a strict life, he was under a Nazarite vow, which meant that, again, like I mentioned, he had a lot of can'ts to it and a lot of nevers to it. He had a lot of boundaries, but how many know boundaries are good? We need boundaries in our life. Boundaries are what got us this far. Never, ever think that you don't need boundaries in your life. I thank God for Victory Outreach Hayward, man. You know what it did? It taught me boundaries. It taught me how to put those boundaries up in my life. Matter of fact, one of the illustrations that Pastor used often was he would use that when you go to Mexico, there is no boundaries. Right? From U.S. to Mexico, what do they do? Come on in. It's all good here. There is no boundaries here, my friend. But when you try to leave Mexico, that's a three to four hour wait. Why? Because the U.S. has boundaries on it. And see, a lot of people tend not to want boundaries on their life. But these very boundaries and these very convictions are what keep us. See, protect your heart, my friend, and be a man and a woman of mystery. I heard him say that too. A lot of stuff just, it's going to come out. Is what, it, what, it, what do we mean by that? Is that he would often teach the girls in the church, dealing with boundaries, as for me and my blouse, we will serve the Lord. See, he would teach the girls in the church not to be easy. He taught them to have a certain mystery to them. Come on, somebody. See, men will never admit it. They might. But they're looking for a woman with some mystery. Mm. 
Not secrets, but mysteries. Right? Hmm. Not like just, hey. Some are just like, hey, me. I was just born like this. Okay, well, you're born again like this. And this is how we do it, born again. See, born again is different here. Great in the sight of the Lord, man, is what John the Baptist was. And what this church, Victory Outreach Hayward, Heart of the Bay, is still. See, John the Baptist's calling was to prepare the way for someone greater than him. And he knew his calling. He lived a lonely and a secluded life in the desert, if you will. But yet still the scriptures call him great in the sight of the Lord. He was in a, uh, like a dry place where nobody would ever go to. He was like a seasoned veteran of being secluded, but yet still, Scripture calls him great in the sight of the Lord. See, his life wasn't all pleasant, and it wasn't smooth sailing, but he was still called great in the sight of the Lord. He wasn't born with a golden spoon in his mouth. Things were not handed to him easily. Matter of fact, he had to work for everything he ever got. See, he had to roll up his sleeves and work. He had to, he had to work hard. At everything that he gotten, but yet still, he was called great in the sight of the Lord. See, John the Baptist's life, on paper, may have seemed like a one-hit wonder. Come on, Millie Vanilli. Some of you came to church bumping Millie Vanilli today. Don't laugh. It was, on paper, would seem like a one-hit wonder, John the Baptist. You would read right over it and just cast it away. It was brash and it was brief, Pastor would teach us. See, but people, because people measure greatness in many different ways. We measure greatness by cars, by jobs, by clothes, and that cologne you bought out of somebody's trunk yesterday. But that, my friend, does not make you great in the sight of the Lord. See, being great in the sight of the Lord is are you growing in your faith? See, the Bible says this about Stephen, is that Stephen, in the book of Acts, was a man that was full of what? Full of faith, full of power, full of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, he is one of the few people in Scripture, besides the apostles and besides Jesus, who did miraculous miracles, signs and wonders. See, to be full of the Spirit... And to be full of the power of the Spirit simply means, my friend, is to be controlled by the Spirit. See, that's being great in the sight of the Lord. See, how, what, are, what are we controlled by today? What is controlling our life here today? Come on, men of God. Is there any men of God in the house? What are you controlled by this morning? Are you controlled by God? Are you controlled by the world? Are we controlled... I, I believe it's time for men of God to continue to take their place. Not only in the house of God, but also in your own house. What did David say? David said, help me to walk with a pure heart in my own house. Psalms 103. Right? Because it's easy to walk in the house of God with a pure heart. It's easy to walk in the house of God all controlled here. It's easy to walk in the church and be the great pretender. See, it's easy to seem like 
we're great in the sight of the Lord here, but what about at home? What are you controlled by, man of God? Are you rising up to become that leader that God has called you to be? Are you in control even at home as well? Or is she in control? Are you married to Janet Jackson herself, Miss Control? I heard a joke the other day dealing with that, and God was in heaven, and he had all, a million men in front of him. And as he was there, he began to address the men because he was pretty angry with them. And he says, I've gotten word that a lot of you men are letting your women control the house and control your life and wear the pants and all that stuff. And he says, I'm going to do two things this morning. Is I'm going to make two lines. One for the men that your wife is in control, and another one for the men that you're in control. Now go ahead and get in line. Mad scramble in heaven. A million men running everywhere. Finally, the Lord opens up his eyes and looks, and he finds the line where the women were in control the longest. 999,000 men. And he looks and he finds one guy in the line where he was in control. And he goes, see you guys, you guys, I can't believe it. You guys are letting your wives, this and that. He starts rebuking them and he tells them, you tell them how, you tell them how to get in control. And the guy goes, I don't know why I'm here. My wife told me to stand here. <laughs> so you're in good hands this morning, but we're going to have an altar call in just a minute, okay? <laughs> this morning, who wants to be great in the sight of the Lord? This church, guys, I, I, I hope I made sense. I know I was, I was, I was said a lot. But the bottom line is, Victory Outreach Hayward, and AJ could come up and the team could come up now, is that this church and Pastor Stevon has had this month, Legacy Month, not because we had nothing else to do this month. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is lining you up for. It's Legacy Month because we need to be reminded of the greatness which we, in which we come out of. We need to be reminded this morning, maybe those of you who have just come to the church recently and you maybe don't understand all of the Pastor Steve and Sister Josie stories, these, me and the guys that are coming this month, you may not get it yet. And to you, it's like an exciting time and it, it's kind of cool. But we need you to get a hold of this because you too are great in the sight of the Lord. This church already, Stefan, you're already outgrowing this place, bro. Like you could probably get away with a few more aisles back there. Probably Children's Church is already outgrown. The parking's going to probably be limited pretty soon. And so you're going to be up against some more challenges. You know what I heard? I don't even come here on a weekly basis. But just sitting in that front row for five minutes, I already know the heart of this church. What I feel from you is I feel you're getting people prepared in the finances. 
Not because you need the money, but because you see something greater ahead. So why are we in a 90-day challenge? We'll start today. Why are we in that? Do you know why we're in that? Of course you'll be blessed. Of course you're going you're, you're gonna, to, we're always blessed when we give. But because your pastor and the staff are setting you up now to stretch your faith. See, don't take that lightly. Every hand should have went up this morning. Every one of us should have took that opportunity to say, listen, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm on board, Pastor. I'm on board. And he may pick up some pledges pretty soon. I'm, I already feel that coming. Don't even shake your head, Stefan. I already know. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the movie's coming. That's being called great in the sight of the Lord. And then what is he doing at the, at the same time? Is he's bringing some of us back here to let you know that greatness still lives here. See, there's a legacy that came out of this church. People may never thank you personally for it. You may go to a conference and see people that come out of this church and they may walk right past you. But being one of Stevon's guys, you have to be better than that. You have to be, see more than that. You have to know that you know that you know that this church here in Hayward, guys, Victory Outreach International needs you. It needs you. Get it together, man. Get your marriage together. If you're single, stay pure. Uh, be a good parent. Oh, well, I got to get married first before I go out. I'm still hollering that. What if I would have waited, man? Lord, have mercy. See, we have a lot of boundaries on our lives. But guys, you're great in the sight of the Lord. Those of us who have been here a long time, I see God bringing back a lot of people. John, your wife. Um, let's see, Eric. Uh, I see uh, Michelle, Tony. Um, a lot of you have been around a long time. Pardon me if I didn't mention your name. But you guys know that that same spirit that Pastor Steve, Pastor Josie had and taught us well, guys, they taught us some heavy convictions, man. I'm talking some heavy convictions. I'm talking you keep your eyes on God convictions. It's still here. But now the mantle's on you. See, Pastor's not here to watch us no more. Okay, he's not here to pick up our mess anymore. He's not here to, to have a voice. He had a heavy voice in the outreach. That he got us into places and doors were opened up because of the mantle he carried. He carried a heavy mantle. This church is an elder's church. One of the very few people ever get that title of Victory Outreach. We were proud of him at that time, weren't we, man? To see our pastor raised up be an elder. I was so proud, man, to see him up there amongst very few when he came back and he'd be preaching on Sunday. But now the mantle has been laid upon this man. 
Devon. And the same loyalty we gave him, the same loyalty we gave Pastor Joseph, is now the same loyalty we give to Esteban. Because he now carries the mantle of this church. But I'm going to tell you right now, guys, you carry it too. Come on, Geronimo. Come on, guys, we carry it too. And it's time to pick up that mantle. And it's time to be great in the sight of the Lord. Can we do eagle's wings? Love this guy. He helped me. We helped Pioneer Church in Tracy. He helped me in Fremont. Matt's been to Indonesia. Helped me in Fremont a little bit. Cuba. Well, there's Cuba. They found him on the railroad tracks. Walking with nothing but a bag in his hand. San Jose, up to no good. There was a couple that went to this church. They looked out where they were working, and they seen a man walking. They dropped their tools and ran out to him. And they began to minister to him. And because the anointing and the mantle of evangelism was on them, they persuaded him to come, and he's been here ever since. How many years, Cuba? Huh? Nine? Nine years ago. Because why? Because we knew that we knew that we knew that we had that mantle of evangelism, we had the mantle of outreach. And it's only, the movie's a given, guys. That's like done deal, signed, sealed, delivered. But remember, you got to be great in the sight of the Lord. I want every head bowed and every eye closed here today. Sing it a little bit. Bow your heads and close your eyes, guys. Let this song just minister to you for a second and remind you. You got to get hungry, guys. You got to get hungry. Hungry for what? Hungry for God. This church was birthed in prayer. But it grew through evangelism. Whoa, come on, sing it again. I'm going to take my time for a few seconds, guys. Oh, come on, listen to this. Make an altar call. Here I am on knees for you. Remember the day you came walking through those doors. I be in your love. Oh, thank you, Lord. Bring me to my knees. Where were you a week before you got saved? Let's all stand, lift up your hands, and let's sing. Come, breathe in me. Come on, worship him. 
This church is a worshiping church. This church loves music. Oh, that's it, guys. The mantle is now on you. Oh, come on, sing it. Asia. Philippines. Indonesia. Colorado. Sacramento. Oh, come on, lift it up. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. Come live in me. Come live in me. South Africa. Pretoria. The world. The world. The world. The world. Come breathe in me. I will rise. The altars are open, guys. If you want to come up here and you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, slip out of your seat. Come up here and receive the mantle which has been given to you.